0: Welcome, everyone, to the Ghouls Magazine podcast, a podcast that looks at horror through the female perspective. I'm your host today, Arielle Powershob, aka Ari Hellraiser. I'm a senior contributor and the admin assistant for Ghouls Magazine, and today I'm joined by Amber T and Elizabeth Bishop, who are both contributors to Ghouls Magazine. How are you both doing today?
1: So good. Thank you. I'm so I'm excited to happy.
0: be
2: here. Yes, me too. can't wait to talk about this. one of my favorite subjects ever.
1: Yes. It's a good one. I feel like it's going to get bloodthirsty as well. It's going to be a massacre. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. We're promising a massacre early, so that's a, that's a lot to live up to. But what I, I feel we can get there. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you both so much for coming on. When I decided I wanted to do this topic, I was like, ooh, Liz and Amber, they are going to have the good suggestions for the weird stuff. (laughs) Um, I suppose I should say what our topic is today. So today, you know, this, um, for for March Women in Horror Month, we are going to be talking about good for her a lot for the month of March here at Ghouls. And for this conversation today, we're going to talk about some Underseen, underrated, underrecommended good for her horror films. So, not the ones you typically find on the good for her lists, but we're going to add to those lists. And this is kind of a relatively new topic, I feel, in horror. Like, I've only really been hearing this phrase for the last couple of years as another way to talk about not just final girls, but women in horror movies who make us say, wow, good for her. So we're going to kind of expand that definition a little bit today. Um, Before we do, do either of you want to add anything about like how you thought about Good for Her in choosing your movies today or anything you think about like this topic in general?
1: Um, I think it's I think it's a really interesting one. And Ariel, like you said, I think it's like more recently that we've kind of, I guess, the last. I wanna say that the A24 years, um, yeah. because obviously, like Midsummer and The Witch, I usually think are the two biggest ones that people go to. So I usually yeah. tend to think it's it's a relatively new concept. I have a bit of a complicated history with it because I love it as a genre, but I also recognize that in my opinion, a lot of the films that people say are good for her, I don't think are good for her, but that doesn't mean I don't mm. love them. I love them because of the complex nature of the topic. Mm. And obviously a lot of these films uh, sometimes deal with topics like rape revenge and mm-hmm. women coming through this horrible traumatic experience, which that in itself is very harrowing and not very good for her at all. So right. I think it's a really interesting topic to get into because there's so many layers that I'm sure we're going to dig right into.
2: Yeah, well, I would, I would second that. Um I think especially on the sort of the rape revenge films. I mean, some of the films that I've got on my list are definitely falling under that category. Uh, But as Amber says, it's not not good for them. It's not good (laughs) for them, the situation that they found themselves in and ultimately past sort of what happens in these films where they get their revenge, where we're left at the end being like, yes, good for her, like, got it. You know, in reality, the film would end and then her life would go back to being... Fucking horrendous yeah. because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Re- revenge doesn't take away the fact that you've had to live through what what you've lived through. um But yeah, I think it's I think I know that we discussed sort of be- ahead of this that there's a few films already that we've gone back and forth and we're like, mm, does that count? Is that one? So I'm quite interested to to get into those ones that are a bit more of a, a blurred line on the subject.
0: Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, this will be revealed as I go through my list. But thinking about it now, I think several of the films I picked, if not all of them, her life would be a mess after the film ends. So it's more so my reaction during the movie of be, me being like, hell yeah, like, good for you. Go get it. But that's a really good point about like, well, what, you know, what does she do tomorrow? What does tomorrow mm. look like? So, Yeah we can get into all of this. I'm super excited. So um, I'll go first, and then we can just kind of go around the table, as it were. Um, My recommendations are going to be in no particular order. Um, Just by coincidence, I did not mean to do this, but all but one of my recommendations is from 2007. So I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe it's just that is a time period where I am very much happy with the horror movies in that time period. So I don't really know what that's about.
1: You're so, the queen of 2000s horror. <laughs> thank you.
0: That's like <laughs> the best compliment. <laughs> so I think I just sort of gravitated toward that when I was making this list. So I'll start with the one that's not. And this is a movie that only I only watched very recently. nineteen ninety one. Necromantic 2, directed by apologies to every German listener,
2: <laughs>
0: Jorg Bucharek. Maybe listen, I'm so sorry, everybody. Pretty confident about Jorg, <laughs> so we'll just stick with that. Um, this is possibly the most controversial pick on my list, too. So I'm just getting it out of the way early. Um, just like a little summary there's a female nurse. She's desperately trying to hide her feelings about necrophilia from her new boyfriend. But she still has pieces of the corpse from the first movie hidden in her apartment. Um, And she's trying to go, am I going to have a normal relationship with my new boyfriend? Or am I going to let my freak flag fly and be the necrophiliac that I want to be? Which, you know, not like a super positive thing i want to bring into the world but the story really is about a woman looking for fulfillment and not letting men's expectations hold her back it's a little bit more on the extreme side especially for me um it's a little bit more extreme than i usually go but the reason i wanted to put it on this good for her list is because i feel like if you're able to look past the necrophilia and treat it as a metaphor um It's a lot more just about like trying to find yourself and find your own joy and your own passion and not letting anybody in a relationship tell you you can't. So possibly an odd pick for my first one, but I'm going with Necromantic 2. I love that. Thank you.
1: No no king shaming here.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Absolutely not don't yuck someone's yum exactly. I mean, it's
1: okay. well it's not I was gonna say it's all consensual but you know mm. the, okay well let's, let's let's move on yes
0: I feel like we can all uh confidently move past that so Amber do you want to give us your first pick
1: yes yeah, so my first pick I chose um a film called beyond the black rainbow by Panos Cosmatos who is most famous for his film Mandy um Beyond the Black Rainbow is a film that, like, I feel like if you see Mandy, you kind of have the idea of the aesthetics of Beyond the Black Rainbow. But Beyond the Black Rainbow is really slow. It's really trippy and it's really psychedelic. And basically it follows this young. It's kind of that whole, you see it a lot in Stranger Things. You see it in a lot of anime. You know, the young girl with like ESP or psychic powers who's been locked away. Um, and being like tormented like not tormented but controlled by this man who's like her father figure Um, she's called Elena and she is basically like I said controlled by this father figure who has like this weird sexual obsession with her it's it's really gross it's pretty clear that she's like a young girl I think she's 17 and she's about to turn 18 um, and he is obsessed with her and you know we find out that he killed her parents and just to keep her in this weird like um uh looks like a pyramid, so it's very it 's got that like a twenty four aesthetic to it, but why I like it is because she you know uses her amazing e s p powers to blow up people 's heads and and kill people and eventually escaping that um weird pyramid place and I really like that as a good for her topic because I feel like as I mentioned, we see that quite a lot, especially recently in stranger things with um I've blanked what's her what's the little girl's name 11 11 thank you that's the one um and that's like I I feel like that's a really underappreciated side of good for her is is the young tormented ESP psychic girl getting revenge (laughs) I realize that's a really niche topic um there's also a great anime called I say great um it's okay called Elfin Lied area I think we talked about that actually didn't we we maybe have. I've seen, seen some of have, it. I never yeah. finished it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also got that like, you know, ESP girl who's been locked up because of her powers, who just, you know, escapes and causes bloody chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and Beyond the Black Rainbow is really nice because it's, been, it's very sterile and um, medical the way through. And then it ends with her like discovering the world and discovering nature and grass and bugs. Um, and it's really nice. I recommend it if you like very, very, very slow burn, uh, trippy, Panos Cosmatos style visuals it's definitely worth a watch I think
0: I've never seen this one and I've heard the name before I don't think I made the connection that it was the same director as Mandy so and I like this niche genre you're talking about you do see it in a lot of anime and I watch a fair amount of anime so that I'll have to put that on my list for
1: eventually it's good. Just come, like, armed with some stimulants and, like, some coffee <laughs> because it's <is laughs> slow. Good to know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Liz, do you want to give us your first pick? Um, yeah, mine is probably slightly more commercial and less controversial, um, although there is a bit of controversy around the directors, but we won't get into that. Um, My first pick is American Mary by the Soska sisters. Um, It basically follows um, a young lady, Mary, who wants to become a surgeon, um, sort of gets invited to a party by her boss and by her colleagues. um, And unfortunately, um, her boss is a complete arsehole. And he ends up sexually assaulting her. And it basically affects her so badly that she she doesn't return to work. And this whole career that she sort of started building for herself falls apart. She can no longer sort of participate in it. Um, But she also meets a young lady who comes to her wanting um, some sort of cosmetic surgery that she's never sort of heard of before. Um, And she slowly gets introduced to this sort of underground world of Cosmetic procedures, um, body modification and things like that. And she starts to um, sort of take people that have wronged her, including her ex-boss, to use them as guinea pigs to practice. Um, It's quite grim. People who are quite squeamish about things like needles and hooks through the skin and things like that probably won't enjoy it but i did i thought it was fucking great <laughs> so yeah that's that's my my recommendation it is a bit of a tough watch but um yeah she she finds some really creative ways of revenge which i really enjoy
0: i can't believe i've never seen this movie it sounds like exactly my shit yeah, i'm surprised you really haven't good. seen it because it is I exactly know.
1: your shit like it's very, <laughs> yeah i am I, not sure what year it's from but it is it's got that very 2000s torture porny mm-hmm. Jason. um i i like it a lot and another thing i like about it is that um this is a quite a niche thing but like the plastic surgery aspect mm. of it is never it's not it's not shamed like there's mm-hmm. a woman in it who wants to look like Betty Boop and she's had, like, a, a huge amount of surgery on her face and, you know, it's just, like, fair play to her. And that's another, mm-hmm. like, a little a little good for her side side thing there, you know, as long mm-hmm. as it's like, if you're not hurting anyone, like, do whatever you want to your body because ultimately it's nobody's business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally yeah, agree with cool
2: that. Film, I would definitely recommend it, Ariel. I think you'd really like it. Okay, I need to get, I I know I'm going to come out of
0: this episode with a huge long list of movies, but American Mary sounds like it probably should be at the top for me. Um, I actually, Amber, when I was listening to a recent episode of your podcast, Horn, Blood, Fire, um, when you were talking with Devon about excision. You guys Mm -hmm. mentioned American Mary and I was like, man, I really need to be, I
1: need to watch this movie like today. Yeah, those two make a great double feature. They're very like of that era and Mm -hmm. visually and aesthetically kind of capture that grimy yet glamorous type of thing that the 2000s had going on. So love it. Definitely recommend that. Yeah.
0: Okay, well. Now we're going to spend some time in 2007 with my picks. So um, I'll give my next one. And this movie is bananas. And it maybe you could even argue it's not horror, but I don't care. This is my list. So this is I Know Who Killed Me, directed by Chris Siverston. And uh, this stars Lindsay Lohan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes
0: so the basic premise of this movie is a young woman goes missing and then is found but she claims to be someone else entirely um and it's kind of like does she have amnesia is she really someone else is it supernatural is she playing a game with people um and it's it's very heavy handed in terms of filmmaking, like it's a little bit cheesy because everything in the movie is either blue or red and it's just kind of hitting you over the head with filmmaking. Um, it's definitely got some giallo influences, there's mystery, it's silly, it's nice to look at and I don't want to spoil exactly why it's a good for her movie because I do think if you're in the mood for something silly and nonsensical and a lot of fun from this era like this is a good one to watch and it's like even less gory than I usually go for so if you're not normally into that like this one is a little bit less with the gore although there are a couple of parts um and it has Bonnie Ahrens playing the most hilarious like strip club manager of all time like she has a tiny part in the movie (laughs) but she's so great um so Lindsay Lohan's character I do feel like it ends up being a good for her movie because of the, ultimately the mystery is solved and that's all I'll say about it this is a very bananas movie
1: I think I remember seeing that in not blockbuster because it was probably like after blockbuster's time but I definitely saw the dvd of it somewhere and it had, doesn't it have like the front has like Lindsay Lohan on like the, the stripper pole yep. or something and I saw it I was like I'm not going to interact with that but now I'm older and can appreciate garbage more it sounds like something like I'd love and that title is pure as yellow as well like I (laughs) know who killed me obsessed
0: that title is what drew me in honestly (laughs) because because what does that even mean and yeah it's beautiful trash it's beautiful trash it's good for her I I recommend it but it is a mess though
2: I'm one. really surprised that I haven't seen this because I was one of those 90s kids that there was a certain sort of trio of people that I would watch every single film that they ever did and it was Lindsay Lohan, Hilary Duff and Amanda Bynes oh yeah. if they released a film I was there Hilary especially because Liz Lizzie McGuire my hero mm-hmm. um uh, yeah, I I'm really shocked that I haven't watched this one because I don't think otherwise. There's probably not a Lindsay Lohan film that I haven't seen, including the terrible Christmas film that came on, out on Netflix
1: <laughs> this year. Oh yeah, oh it was
2: bad. Oh, it's so bad.
1: But I will I like watch she... it every
2: year? Probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she needs probably. like I feel like she needs a horror renaissance. Like like a, like yes. a no offense yeah. to I know who killed me, but I think like a good film oh yeah (laughs) it's like she's got that she's got that pull and i feel like megan fox isn't i know megan fox was recently in that film i didn't see it but oh yeah till death yeah that's the one i didn't see it but I, i would love to see Liz, that face doesn't look very happy. About uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was dreadful. Oh, I liked I kind it. of assumed as much. Well.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I, I liked feel, it. No, I feel like quite a few people liked it, um, but it, it just wasn't for me. But it's a do mess. You know what? I'm also I'm going to put it out there that I, I know that people are going to come for me so hard for this one, but I'm also not a massive Jennifer's body fan. Okay. Oh. She just doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I just. She just doesn't do a lot for me.
1: I like it. I don't love it as much as everyone mm-hmm. else. Um, but I would like to see uh, like that two thousand, the two thousands girlies coming back in like I don't know, like a her- like a like a hereditary role, like a tone, like just blowing yeah. everyone away with like. Yeah. I don't know if any of them are capable of that level. Of fantasy, <laughs> yeah. But I would love to see the fight. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean don't get me wrong I would be first in line if you're gonna give me a film that's like I mean we're going a bit off subject here but one of my favorite um like 2000s horrors is the remake of Sorority Row just 100%. trashy oh just so trash I like, love Sorority abs- Row it's so good that yeah. all such bitches mm-hmm. like not even that even the one that you're meant to sort of like the lead character she's just no but if I could watch that but give me like Lindsay Lohan, Hillary Duff, Megan Fox like bring yeah. back Paris Hilton in an like I would be front row yes, first so. day mm-hmm. not no question
0: I'm with you Liz I'd be there too <laughs>
2: <laughs> be perfect
0: I don't even, oh, we were talking about I Know Who Killed Me. Okay. I was like, how did we get here? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, So, Amber, do you want to give us your next one?
1: Yeah. So, my next one is one of those ones that we talked about earlier where saying good for her kind of feels a bit dismissive because this person goes through the most traumatic thing. But my film that I chose is uh, The Woman by Lucky McKee, um, which is about a, it's a sequel to a film I haven't seen, and it also has a sequel that i haven't seen so i can't speak for those but it follows this feral cannibalistic woman who i think is the last of her tribe and she's kidnapped by this absolutely grotesque piece of shit called chris cleek who um i can't remember the actor's name but he does an amazing job because i literally want to kill him um he gets she gets kidnapped by this man who wants to domesticate her and it's basically like the 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 a dark underbelly of like suburban america is that they keep her in um the basement and they have this creepy son who's like clearly following in his father's footsteps um the father rapes the woman he it's also implied that he's been raping his his own daughter and that she's Mm -hmm. pregnant and it's just a mess it's um a really good film i really like it but it's it's good for her because there are like four good for her people that come out of it at the end is the woman who is the you know the titular woman gets her most bloody revenge Mm. on and also gets revenge on the kid which i i love Mm. like you you, like i'm so so satisfying it is isn't it and even though like he's a boy and he's young and it's it's really tragic that he's been indoctrinated he's still a little piece of shit and seeing him get cut in half is amazing um (laughs) there's also the the good for her is they have another daughter a disabled daughter who doesn't have any eyes that they've been keeping in the shed i think her name is socket Um, Mm and they've been keeping her like a dog and she escapes blood you know ripping faces off and ripping throats out then after all the family are dead uh the woman goes off with the pregnant daughter whose name is peggy um and the little girl, Darlin, who I think is the subject of the sequel, but basically it's just like these four girls and women go off together having escaped this horrible family where just abuse is just tantamount. You've got the dad, obviously, you've, but you've got the son, but you've got the mum, played by Angela mm-hmm. Bettis, who plays May, who just stands by and lets it happen mm-hmm. and... In a way that Lucky McKee films are, it's like deeply strange. I feel like there's this really strange tone to this movie and May as well. Um, But I love it and it's horrible.
2: I absolutely could not agree more. I think it's absolutely brilliant film. It's one that I sort of randomly discovered a a few years back when I was sort of just starting to get into more you know less mainstream horror uh I remember making an ex-boyfriend watch it and he was absolutely mortified and I thought it was <laughs> brilliant however it's a very interesting one because as you said you haven't watched the prequel or the sequel mm-hmm. I think it was last year or the year before I was like oh I'm gonna watch all three <laughs> they're not they're not good mm-hmm. either side of it they are not good and also it would it seriously puts into question the good for her thing for the woman. Oh, okay. Because in the first film obviously she's part of this tribe mm-hmm. and the first film they're like they're the antagonists they're like they kidnap um a woman and her daughter and they hold her down while she's raped by the other members of the oh tribe my God. and and it ends with her being sort of the only one to escape at the mm. end. And that's where he finds her washing the blood off in the water at the beginning of the woman.
1: Oh, so, so it makes
2: oh. you sort of. <laughs> so when I rewatched it, I was kind of like, "Oh, but uh oh, is it is it good for her now? Like, I don't, I don't think that she deserves what's about to happen to her, but also, does she not deserve it? Because you know, it's it's very questionable."
1: But it great. Is a, I haven't, have. is it the same in the sea in wait the the sequel is darling right yes. that's the newest one does she get like a redemption arc in that or i can't Joe, you know, it was i can't even remember i
2: don't mm. think so i think it's more just i'm pretty sure darling the daughter she's in some sort of she's been put into some sort of like weird convent Oh, okay. Being like looked after by nuns and mm-hmm. things like that. But I don't really remember. I, I honestly I wouldn't recommend watching them. I would watch the woman standalone mm-hmm. and just take it for what you see because the other two are they're not good.
1: And as a standalone, I think it it is good for her if we take if we yep. you know, mm-hmm. bearing in mind what you said Definitely, about her character. Yeah. But again, it's one of those films where it's not It's not good for her because she's been through like the worst thing. All of this family of women have been through like the worst thing imaginable, and what traumas await them on the other side. But God, if it's not satisfying watching her eat this man's heart after like, oh, I just hate, I just hate him so (laughs) much. Yeah,
2: he's the worst, probably one of the worst characters I've ever seen in any film ever.
1: Mm -hmm. Just like
2: pure evil. There's not even. There doesn't even seem to be any rhyme or reason to like why he is the way that he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like the t- her teacher comes around, doesn't she? Peggy's yeah. teacher, yeah, because she suspects the abuse, and he even attacks her, mm-hmm. like physically assaults her, and it's yeah, it's oh, it's it's horrible. A great film, like it is film. so great. It's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay Liz do you want to give us uh your next one um yeah so we're kind of going back a bit here uh, but my next pick was also influenced by Amber's episode um on her podcast and I've picked excision Mm. um because well anyone who's seen it will know that it's fucking great film um it follows pauline um she's a high school student who also has aspirations like american mary um to be a surgeon um she's got a very dysfunctional family her sister's um suffering with cystic fibrosis her mom is strongly christian very controlling and just a bit of a bitch to be honest um she's also sort of having she has a lot of sexual fantasies about blood and having sex whilst on her period and all these sort of things that you would typically think oh that's gross that's not but you know as we said we don't kink shame here she explores it (laughs) and it's all she explores it for our entertainment and we cheer her on while she does it Mm -hmm. um it's it's not a happy ending I won't spoil it um things go a bit a bit wrong when she tries to take matters into her own hands to help her sister, but it's a good for her film because as Amber quite rightly said in her podcast that you know there's there's no sort of shaming of of what she does she's she's unapologetically herself um she'll ask questions without any thought of what anyone else thinks she's not embarrassed she's just yeah I just think she's a great character for good for you She, sure she am probably is, has a oh. lot
1: to say <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to think though I can't like I can't remember anything I actually said about it but like no I, I remember like it is I love the film I love Excision because it like I said on my episode it so rarely are women and girls afforded the luxury of just being the freaks like yep. there always has to be a reason and a sexual assault a man whatever and i know that her sister is dying and obviously she has a lot of trauma from her mother but pauline is just that way she just is she's Mm -hmm. just curious she's bloodthirsty she's kinky and she's strange um and the whole way through the movie people are trying to quash that and you know destroy her curiosity and tell her this is wrong this is dirty this is ugly and she's just like well i like it so it can't be that bad and what really gets me in excision is she doesn't in until the end, she doesn't hurt anybody. Um, mm-hmm. she, she hasn't got the only time we see her get aggressive is when her that the girls spray paint Pauline is a cunt on her um garage. We don't see her get aggressive apart from that. So, for the most part, she's really passive and peaceful. She's literally mm-hmm. just trying to live her life and has subversive interests. And as horror fans, I think we can very much relate to that.
2: Yep, absolutely. Yep, absolutely.
0: Yes. Okay. I guess it's my turn. Um, This is another one where I'm kind of like, oh, you could argue this isn't good for her because she goes through a lot. But again, it's my list and I put whatever I want on it. Um, So this is Frontiers by Savior Jens. So this is a new French extremity movie. And I only recently saw it and it is like my Favorite French horror movie now. Like, I feel like I could endlessly rewatch this movie. It's really rough. So, don't necessarily take that recommendation from me um, to endlessly rewatch it. But the premise is a gang of young thieves flee Paris during the violent aftermath of a political election, only to hole up at an inn run by neo Nazis. There is so much more stuff that happens like this movie is crazy every time you think a re- like you've been revealed the thing the secret there's another reveal coming so like if fleeing at like political turmoil aftermath into neo-nazis sounds like enough which it certainly is there's more and more stuff that happens and the reason i put it on this list is because the The central character of the film, Yasmin, is pregnant and there's like a really central theme here about a woman's right to choose if she wants to carry pregnancy to term and raise a baby or not. And there's some of the neo-Nazi family that they meet... There's some forced pregnancy and some really dark stuff happening around that. And so like Yasmin really goes through it of like, should I bring a baby into this world? Should I not? Things are really hard right now. I'm not in a great spot right now, but I really want to have this baby. And that theme is never not going to be applicable to conversations about women and like people who can get pregnant so I think like the the themes around that are really important. And so obviously you should throw some content warnings on there if you're going to watch it and and any of that would be upsetting to you. Um, but I think where the film ends up, I feel really good about, um, you know, Jasmine's journey about that choice. So
1: that was a little bit rambly, but I don't know. Have either of you seen Frontiers? I actually haven't, um, which, oh. uh, you know, I've seen a lot of the new French extremity and I love, I love, I've loved everything I said. So I, I know I'm going to like Frontiers, but I'm interested to see it because like of all the genres, I think new French extremity is probably the one that has the least good for her. <laughs> like I'm just thinking about like, um, you know, like Inside or Martyrs or yeah. Irreversible. These are not at all films where women end up having a good time. So I'm very yeah. interested to see a new French extremity take on good for her because women don't always have the best time in those films
0: yeah and she has a terrible time just for sure but uh I feel like she comes out of it
2: yeah I that Frontiers is one that I've actually I've owned it on physical media for probably about a year now and I've still not watched it I think I'm sort of trying to gear myself up to yeah to be in that kind of mood because obviously I'm I'm not that well versed with the French Extremity sort of films. I think Switchblade Romance and Martyrs are probably the only two that I've watched. Um, both reasonably tough going. So mm-hmm. I'm a little bit little bit wary. Um, but I, I think after today I'll probably push it further up on my list and get it watched. Me too.
0: It feels <laughs> very much like um I don't want to say a remake of Texas Chainsaw because it's not, but it definitely owes a lot to Texas Chainsaw in terms of like a group of young people stumbling upon a family who are doing horrible things. And so um, I think that's really interesting, too, because a lot of the new French extremity that I've seen is very unique. And so I will watch every retelling of Texas Chainsaw that ever exists. And so I sort of found that by accident in Frontiers and I really liked it, but it is rough. So watch out for that. Um, Okay, Amber, do you got another one for us?
1: Yes, so I chose next um, Prevenge by Alice Lowe because I was conscious that every film I had chosen so far had a male director and something i find really interesting about revenge um for anyone who hasn't seen it alice lowe wrote directed and i think also stars in the film when she was like seven or eight months pregnant it's insane she's like ready to pop in this film and it's um that in itself is a good for her feet the fact that she like created this thing when she was about to give birth is unbelievable But there is, Liz, I know you posted on Twitter because you had, like, an interesting time with this movie, but something about this movie, um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it follows a pregnant woman whose husband was uh, killed in a climbing accident and the baby, like, the voice of the baby, like, spurs her on to get revenge on the people who did it or left him to die. Basically, it's a, a very tonally strange film. It's very sad and... I think having a woman do a good for her inherently makes it more sad because I feel like sometimes that like we've spoken about this trauma that women in good for her go through is not actually good for her. And at the end of it, you are left with this this deep, you know, rooted leftover trauma that you don't you know, the movie ends and the person doesn't just go on and live like a great and happy life and the reason i find revenge interesting is because it does tap into that the whole way through like yes she's getting revenge on the people that have taken her baby's father away from her but it doesn't ever feel good it never feels like yay okay that person's dead and that person's dead it always it always almost feels like laborious which i guess is kind of fitting for a film about a pregnant woman um but it's definitely an interesting one for the genre and i thought i just thought it was like I said, I was just amazed that someone did it while they were pregnant. And I, I was um interested to see a woman's take on the good for her genre and it have it be that a little bit less tonally secure. I thought that was interesting.
2: Yeah, I I watched that this week um because my friend Becky Stanley had written a piece on it, I think last year or the year before, and I'd read that and thought I'll add that to my list. Um, and then when I saw that you'd put it on your list for for this episode I thought I'll, I'll give it a go to be honest I kind of went into it probably knowing that it wasn't going to necessarily be my cup of tea um, because comedy horror sort of well as it was sold sort of comedy horror isn't normally my vibe I tend to like um, things to you know be one or the other um, but I was really surprised because it was I I didn't find it funny at all I found like you've just said I found it really really sad um I thought it was a really tough watch even the bits where I mean there's some absolutely abhorrent people that she kills in it that you know they spend a good amount of time making you really think oh god this person's awful like I can't wait for him to die but then when she does it still it didn't I don't know I didn't get that sort of yes good for her sort of vibe about it I just Mm -hmm. I felt sad and I just kind of thought this this just isn't this isn't going to turn out well for you Mm. um and obviously it's it's clear that obviously it's a, a lot of it's in her head sort of I'm assuming well that's how I read it anyway that you know the baby isn't obviously really talking to her and she's just sort of dealing with the trauma of losing her husband but even by the end I was sort of like I, I I, won't spoil anything but I thought by the end that we'd sort of reached the climax of where the tone was I thought it had been like oh okay this is what it was mm-hmm. this 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 all makes sense now and then in the sort of the last minute it it did like a bit of a u-turn again and I was sort of left like what <laughs> like really sort of confused about whether I loved it I hated it I I thought it was sad weird for I don't, me I don't know it's, it's a really strange one but it also is. really interesting
1: it is I think a lot of it as well as it goes back to the whole thing about like revenge is revenge actually worth it at the end of the day mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of a Japanese film called Lady Snowblood that I almost put on this list but didn't because I don't think it's a so good for her film but uh, without spoiling it it's a woman who it's a rape revenge movie and she goes after these people who have committed this horrible act but you never feel satisfied because it's not painted like that it's like yes I've killed this person so what I still have to live with the trauma and the pain of everything I've been through and now I'm a murderer on top of that and I don't know I just I find that a really interesting take on the genre I love the ones where we're like cheering and like hooting and hollering because someone got it but I also love the ones that paint revenge in a much more complex way because I think it is a complex emotion um yeah and I've not seen this one so Mm -hmm. um
0: excellent recommendation i'll have to watch it's it
1: worth it's worth a watch i i, I know a few yeah. people who love it and i know a few people who hate it but most of the people who i know have watched it have come away thinking the marketing liz as you mentioned the marketing was really like off it it sold yeah. it as like this like funny silly mm-hmm. british horror com- like almost mm-hmm. like sean of the daddy style like that, that's exactly
2: what i said yeah, That is exactly yeah, yeah. what i said i was like i went in <laughs> expecting it to be and I like Shaun of the Dead, like Mm -hmm. how can you not, it's a great film, Mm -hmm. but it's also not a film that I would have ever in my adult life ever been like, oh yeah I'm gonna watch that, Mm -hmm. I watched it when I was younger because it was sort of put on for me, but that's exactly the sort of film that I expected it to be, so then as soon as it's like it got quite dark quite quickly and I was like, "I'm, I'm not sure
1: what I'm watching here now it yeah just, yeah it's, it's also strange. not very it's not very funny um and I have like a, a couple of American friends actually messaged me and been like is this just British humor do I just not get it and I was like no it's just weird <laughs> it's, just like, no. it's not I don't think it should have been marketed as a comedy necessarily maybe a dark comedy but ultimately not that funny um just an interesting watch yeah
2: I would still definitely recommend it even though it wasn't for me and I will probably never watch it again I would still recommend it because I, I think it's super interesting and as you say super impressive that she did it all by herself and very very pregnant yeah that's definitely an
0: achievement um are we onto to you now Liz I think yes if I lost track of where we were
2: yes okay. um so I've sort of gone back and forth with my list, uh, a few iterations of it, um, but I've just decided a film that I'm going to add on, on the back of the conversation that we've just had, where it's sort of a bit um, a bit back and forth about whether revenge and justice, whether it's warranted or whether it's the right thing. Um, I am going to pick Violation. it was a a British film well I think I thought it was British but I I believe it might be Canadian Um, it's a Shudder original about um, a woman that goes on a sort of cabin trip with her husband and her sister and her husband Um, there's a bit of there's obviously turmoil in her marriage um, and there's a few sort of scenes of questionable interactions with with between her and her sister's husband um and essentially it's sort of a time bendy one you go back and forth between the two timelines the one timeline is her speaking to her sister telling her that her sister's husband has sexually assaulted her and then in the other timeline we see the sequence of events as it happens or has she tells us it happens it doesn't put any question on whether she was sexually assaulted she 100 percent was from what we see but it does sort of blur the lines between how she has acted before it and after it not with how she sort of acted towards him I'm not saying that you know she's led him on or anything like that but the film kind of teases you with the fact that she may have lied about something similar previously and now that it's really happening is she crying wolf it's 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 a really difficult one and I really don't want to speak too much out of turn or risk offending anyone or risk sort of you know questioning anybody who comes forward with these accusations but i think it's a really interesting film zoe re- wrote a great piece on it about you know the woman who cried wolf um and ambiguity in it and she gets her revenge and it is probably one of the hardest revenge scenes that i've personally watched um i would say it, it's it doesn't give you that cheery good for her. But at the same time, when someone has committed an act that bad and someone gets revenge, is it always good for her? I, I don't know. It's I just think it's a really interesting film. If you haven't seen it, it's really dark. It will probably make you feel like you want to take a bath in bleach afterwards. But it's it's one that isn't a straight up rape revenge this is good this is bad you know she's right he's wrong it's 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 a really interesting one so I'd definitely recommend that
1: it is I actually watched this for the first time yesterday and I wasn't wild about it but like you said the ambiguity and the nuance um contact warning for what i'm about to talk about i'm about to talk about rape and sexual assault but i feel like in a lot of films that deal with rape revenge it's the more it's the irreversible shot you know a woman walking alone attacked brutally attacked there's absolutely there's no question there about what happened and with this one liz as you said 100 she is she is raped by her sister's husband but beforehand we see them playful flirting kissing we also later afterwards we see her um she actually assaults her own husband so it's like these cycles of like pain begetting pain and trauma begetting trauma and sexual violence like the cycle of sexual violence and i thought it was really brave and interesting for a film to explore those more those less spoken about assaults you know the assaults where you do say no to someone but beforehand you were flirting with them it doesn't make a fucking bit of difference you say no you it's it's over um but that's something that a lot of films i think don't give a lot of um exploration to when it is probably a very common type of occurrence to happen um and liz like you said the revenge is not it's not gratifying it feels sad she throws up for ages during it like she's actually physically sick um, but it's just a really interesting and it was directed by a woman as well I think which again it it seems to be a kind of a trend that the, the good for her ones that are directed by a woman a woman are kind of more complex in their presentation of good for her as it were um, another one Liz on your list is Promising Young Woman which we'll get into later which also had a female director um, but yeah I thought it was interesting i won't watch it again ever um but it also had a, this is completely off topic but had like um a erect penis in it um not doing the not doing the rape scene but you very no. rarely see that in films is a clothed woman and a completely naked man um which i thought was interesting
0: <laughs> yeah more <laughs> of that please <laughs> it's just- I haven't seen Violation. Um I for me personally rape revenge films are often difficult and I don't usually gravitate towards them, but Violation sounds super interesting and I do want to watch it even though I feel like like the fact that you're talking about how complicated it is makes me really interested in it because sometimes in a rape revenge film the the black and white is just not as interesting to me I think but I know that mm-hmm. a lot of people super love them and so like that's cool they don't have to be for me but I might have to like put myself in the headspace to watch Violation at some point
2: yeah I, I definitely think it's worth a watch I think it's it's uh, for me personally I think it's a really well-made film um I know that um I can't remember if it was Zoe herself that interviewed the directors um and they said that they drew on personal experiences of assault yeah. as well which makes it you know even more sort of nuanced but mm-hmm. yeah I just as as Amber said I've as I've said I just want to be clear 100% you say no it's a no it's it's right. rape it's assault 100% but it does it definitely sort of makes you sit back and think oh I, I don't know if she's if she's handled that right I don't I don't know if that's you know, and, and it it makes you sort of see it from the point of view of her sister as well, who mm-hmm. isn't very supportive and doesn't automatically believe her and doesn't automatically run to her side, because it does give you that sort of impression that this is something that she might have lied about before or that her previous behaviour makes. Again, it it's not a black and white situation for her mm-hmm. sister to say, "Yes, you are right. I support you. My husband's a terrible person." It's I just think it's interesting because it, it's more realistic, isn't it?
0: Well, exactly. To, you, you know, if it, can, if it can play out that way in real life, why can't there be a movie about it playing out that way? Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, that's my depressing recommendation. I love it. And now I'm very,
0: very <laughs> aware of the fact that every movie on my list is uh, directed by a man, so i don't know a good thing you're both here to bring the variety right that's the nature of the (laughs) horror game unfortunately that's true um so my next pick another movie from 2007 directed by a man because i'm very niche today um is a movie called p2 and um this is it's kind of like a cat and mouse it's not really a slasher because there's really only two people in the movie the whole time um but it does have some slasher beats to it so there's a woman who's a lawyer and it's christmas eve and she's working late and she's trying to get to her family on christmas eve and you can tell her family's kind of like oh you're working again you always bail on us cuz you're working and she's like no no I'm coming I promise I'm going to be there um but she gets locked in the parking garage by like the parking attendant like the dude who works there and he has been stalking her and like planning this and so he kidnaps her and tries to force her to have like christmas dinner with him and she's trying to get away um it's written by alexander aha or aja i am not sure so don't come for me for that um and the performances are awesome like the fact that it's really just focused on this man and this woman this whole time they both are carrying the film really, really well. It's very Christmassy. So this is a fun Christmas watch for me. It's not too gory. There are a couple gory parts, but it is something where like, if you're more of a fan of slashers that don't get too gory, like you could watch P2 and it could be for you. Um, The reason I put it on this list is because she kind of tries a bunch of different stuff. Like her goal is survival And she's like, okay, I'll try to survive in this way. I'll try to survive in that way. What are the tools at my disposal? What can I do? So there's parts where she's trying to appeal to him. There's parts where she's trying to run away from him. There's parts where she's trying to call for help. There's parts where she physically fights and, um, you know, I she does get away in the end. I don't think that's a spoiler to say because you kind of feel it throughout the whole movie, but you just don't understand how it's going to happen or like how she's going to get there. But the fact that she fights so hard and tries so much different stuff is what makes me want to say
1: good for her. So
0: that's my Christmassy, awful recommendation
2: for you.
1: I can't say I've ever heard of that film. So I am putting that on my list.
2: I watched it, I think it was on TV over here on like Christmas Eve or something a few years back. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, a horror on TV when I would have been at at home at my mum's without all my access to my 7,000 streaming services. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'll put that on. And I do remember it being quite good actually, but Mm -hmm. I haven't watched it since. So I don't remember it too much. I remember him being really creepy though. Yes. And I
0: can't remember the actor's name and I should have looked it up but he's in other stuff and he's he's really good. Yeah. He's like fake Toby Maguire to me. Like he, he's not Toby Maguire <laughs> yeah. but he kind of looks like Toby Maguire. <laughs> I'm sure I could google it but I'm not going to. Um but yeah, he does a good <laughs> job being really really creepy.
2: Yeah, he looks like the sort of person I feel like I can't name anything else that he's been in but I'm pretty sure he's creepy and everything right he gives that vibe
0: of like yeah somebody probably should because we're talking about him <laughs> Me too. um Me too.
1: yeah oh where's Bentley um yes. he's in American Horror Story isn't he he's yeah hotel
2: yes that's why I'm thinking other think.
1: sexy! and he's also yeah. an American Pie
2: yes, now oh that... my god really yeah wait yes. is he yes er, yeah, no, not American so Pie much. oh my god
0: what do I mean what do I mean <laughs> American,
2: American Beauty <laughs> goodness.
0: goodness gracious uh
2: yeah American I, Beauty I knew I knew what you
1: meant I knew what you meant. Goodness. one of those American I was
2: just like <laughs> I was just trying to think I was like I feel like I have watched American Pie so many times and I cannot think where he would possibly be oh
0: because <laughs> he's not cause I... anyway, um, no, he he does a great job in P2. And um, you know, it's really straightforward. It's not the most, you know, complicated, extreme movie, but it's just like an easy Christmas watch for me. So
1: uh, that's my that's my recommendation. So Amber, what do you got next? So I chose my next film I chose was Sympathy for Lady Vengeance by Pak Chanuk, the Korean director, who it's part of the vengeance trilogy with old boy and Sympathy for Mr Vengeance and I'm not going to describe the plot in detail because I think so many of Park chan films like you really need to watch them um, not in the least bit because they're often very long as most Korean films are and I feel like if I was to sit here and spout the plot we'd be here for like three days so I do really recommend watching it it's really good but I chose it because it has one of my favorite Favorite revenge scenes of all time, which is where, again, trying not to spoil the film for you, but a, a child murderer is faced with the parents of um, the children that he's killed, and they take turns to just beat the ever loving shit out of him. Um, and it's, again, a, a good for her because Lady Vengeance, uh, Gumja, who is the, the woman who, like, organizes it for various reasons, again, won't go into, it, do recommend you watch it but it's just so again that complicated line between yes so glad this this piece of shit has got what's coming to him but also the very deep deep tragedy of what has already happened and i think with a lot of korean films especially um park Chanung films is that they don't give concrete moral answers like they don't ever say this is a good thing, this is a bad thing, it's very much you're left thinking, like, what now? Like, what is what is left, basically, at the end of it? Um, it's very emotionally draining, but it's really good. The actress who plays Gumja, I can't remember her name, but she does a fantastic job, and uh, Chaemin Shik from Old Boy is in it. Um, so it's just got a fantastic cast it's really bloody it's really dark it's really good and I might rewatch it tonight actually because I do really like it so
0: I've seen old boy but not the mm-hmm. other two and I love old boy so I feel like based on your recommendation that I will enjoy this one A lot of people prefer
1: this one to Old Boy, which which, I mean that there are like three very like perfect films, in my opinion, um, with the progression. Old Boy is my peak. Old Boy is like my top five favorite movie of all time. But Lady Vengeance is up there as well, um, because obviously it's a a female lead, which I'm more inclined to go to. But Mm -hmm. it just it goes to so many places. It goes to like cultural identity racial identity mob mentality um you know the, the the most abhorrent thing that can happen in this whole world is like a child brutally dying and it goes there and it's mm-hmm. how it, you know we deal with the aftermath and then we are just left like where do we go from here but god if it's not satisfying to like watch this guy get his come up and orchestrated by her um so yeah a fun one a great happy movie weekend vibes
2: (laughs) yeah i'm the same as you ariel i've seen old boy but i haven't seen the other two um but they've been on my list for a while that was another one that i really wanted to watch this week and i thought it was on shudder but i think it was tight it must have been taken off because i went to watch it this week and it wasn't
1: there that's annoying i think it's on i think it might be on arrow player which but then you'd have to get another street um I thought it was on Shutter as well. That's annoying.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very annoying. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So Liz, what do you have next on your list?
2: Okay. So mine is probably a very obvious one to everyone who's ever thought of good for her in the sentence uh, with any film, but it's promising young woman because I just think it's, for me, it's a, perfect film um anyone who hasn't watched it you probably it's either not your thing or you've been living under a rock because it was massive and everyone sort of loved it or hated it um but it's Carey Mulligan um she plays Cassie who is sort of a bit of a loner she still lives at home with her parents um works in a little coffee shop isn't really sort of doing much with herself um but by night she is going out and she's seducing men and sort of teaching them a lesson about consent and about assault and we sort of get this impression that there's a reason that she's doing this this isn't just for you know the hell of it um or for just a vendetta against men in general um and she we sort of find out why she is the way she is and she confronts different people from her past that have, have made her the way she is and it's just it's just a brilliant film. Um the main bit that makes me feel like good for her is that she confronts people, not only the direct people that hurt her or hurt her friend or, you know, did what they did. Um, but she goes to everyone around them as well, everyone that sort of supported it, everyone that ever enabled that sort of behaviour. Um, she confronts them all and she she lets them know for sure, you know, you fucked up by doing this, you fucked up by not stepping in, by by allowing these sort of things to happen. Um, she also then meets Bo Burnham, a.k.a. the love of my life, Um, and he's just it's heartbreaking because he's just he seems like the most wonderful guy in it and they have such a beautiful romance and fall so in love and you kind of you start to really hope for her that she can put behind this sort of vendetta and this this thirst for revenge and for justice and you know things sort of (laughs) don't always play out that way. Um, I'll say, I'll say no more on it because I don't want to spoil what happens, but it's just, I think it's a really beautiful film. Um, It's one that for me personally, and I know for a lot of women, it hit really hard around the time of its release, especially because um, it wasn't long, especially over here after um, Sarah Everard, um, a young girl, was killed by a police officer um, over here after being sexually assaulted and it was just oh I'm getting a bit getting a bit emotional girls it's Sunday I'm tired Uh, but yeah she it it just hit really hard I remember watching it and it sort of ended and you're left with just such a massive gut punch and I think I cried for probably about 20 minutes after it finished and every time I think of it, as you can see, I'm getting emotional. But I just think it's a it's a really brilliant film for sort of exploring how how trauma can just take over your whole life. Um, it doesn't sound very good for her now, but I promise it is to a degree.
1: <laughs> it, Aria, have you seen it? I don't want to spoil the ending. I
0: haven't but go ahead because well, I'm, as not gonna, Liz I'm not going to say
1: what happens but I went <laughs> okay. to see a promising young woman in the cinema and we walked out and my friend turned to me and said god I hated that ending like what was the point and I was like that is re- the reality of these situations mm-hmm. again not, I'm not going to spoil what happens <laughs> in the ending but a lot of people were mad about it because it doesn't go to where they wanted it to go and I actually appreciated it for that ending because Mm -hmm. these things don't always wrap themselves up in a nice little bow and you know just because there's Mm -hmm. been a film made about it doesn't mean that women are going to stop getting raped and killed um by men and i think i appreciated it for going where the ending does go rather than you know trying to paint a happy picture and you know like oh everything's fine like good for her we all get revenge Mm -hmm. and all the men have to suffer because that is not how the real world works at the end of the day unfortunately as much Mm -hmm. as we want it to be true it's it's not Mm -hmm. and um, again Emerald Emerald Fennel, female director, Mm-hmm. You get that nuance again that you might not necessarily not to say like you know men can't direct good for her or rape revenge because that's not true but there's there's a nuance there that mm-hmm. some sometimes I think having a female director it might lend itself a bit more weight to it um it's a it's a good film I liked it. I haven't I haven't watched it since I saw it in the cinema but I remember enjoying it and thinking that yeah Carrie Mulligan was just great in it she was fantastic mm-hmm. yeah. It also helps that it's like
2: it's such a beautiful film to look at as well because she's really sort of she's put this really dark, horrible subject against this completely like candy floss bubblegum sort of visuals. Like Carrie Mulligan is always in like pink and looking like a little Barbie doll, and they're you know. Her and Bo Burnham, he plays a, a guy called Ryan, and they they sort of fall in love and they're dancing around to Paris Hilton, um and like it's all just it sort of it's one of those films that it, it gives you those like really warm and fuzzy moments, and then it it punches you in the heart sort of thing. It, it gives you both, um yeah. I, I just love it. I just think it's probably a really obvious one for this list, but. I feel like it it deserves everything that it gets, so high recommend. That'll be another one that
0: eventually I'll be like, okay, I'm ready to finally watch Promising Young Woman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll let you know when I do. While I'm crying, I'll yeah. I'll text you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so my final pick on this list, going back to 2007, of course is a movie called captivity by roland Joffé. so there's it's about a woman who is like a really successful fashion designer and model and she kind of has this standoffish standoffish personality where she's kind of like i take care of myself i do what i gotta do which I really like, but some people, you know, especially at that time, looking at famous women, I mean, this is when we were all as a culture, like kind of going after, like we were we wouldn't leave Britney Spears alone. And we, you know, had see Paris die as a, as a tagline for a movie. So I feel like it's kind of playing on that of like, you know, women who are in the public eye are held to really crazy standards. So anyway, she gets kidnapped. And she awakens to find herself trapped in a cellar. She doesn't know where she is. And um, her kidnapper is trying to really sort of like drive her out of her mind. And there's a lot of like um, tortures that you see, things she's put through, things she witnesses. It's got a, it definitely always a lot to saw with the tortures that you see and just sort of the color palette and the grittiness. Um And there is kind of, uh, there's a couple of reveals that happen throughout the movie. And as the truth starts to unfold, her situation sort of changes and her plan for escaping has to also change too. So um, it's really gory. It's really gory. It's really grim. And there's a twist but um sort of similar to the vibes of p2 that i talked about before the thing i think makes this a good for her is that she tries a lot of different stuff to survive and she's willing to like sort of pivot and change her plans on a dime all in the name of survival she's not like i have to stick to these morals or these ideals she's just like no i gotta get out of here which i think is you know hopefully very realistic so um yeah, that's that's my pick for captivity. Which maybe you know, a kidnapped woman doesn't sound like a very good for her movie, but I feel like it does get there.
1: I'm intrigued because you said it was really gory. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've I've not I've not seen this one. I did try and look for it this week, but it wasn't on anything that I could see to watch it. And Is it Alicia Cuthbert yes is it the one with yes see I love her too she's mm-hmm. another she's another naughty horror star that yes. I would watch in anything um in mm-hmm. the U.S.
0: it's on Tubi um but outside the U.S. I don't it might be harder to find
1: mm. <laughs> yeah I can't say I'd heard of it but I the 2000s is my weakest spot so I learn a lot from talking to you every time, Ariel. Because <laughs> that's your like your area, and for me, I'm like, oh, I don't know too much about it. Um, but no, that one's on the list for sure. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's um, it's you
0: know, it's it's 2007. It's 2000s horror. It's got all the stuff you would expect from that time period, including problematic stuff <clears throat> and sort of like. Tops. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta have a white tank top if you're going to survive. Like that's just a rule. So it's got a lot of that going on. Um, But if, if that is a kind of horror that you're into, then captivity might be for you.
2: Yeah. I think, I think I would really like it. I think you would like it,
0: Liz. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think
2: you would. I'm going to have to do some digging. Maybe I'll just buy it.
0: I, yeah, I bought it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I'll take, I'll take the risk. I'll trust you. Oh I'll just Okay. <laughs> <I'll forgive> you. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, okay. If, if I hate it, I'll just send you an invoice. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: yeah, I suppose that would be fair at this point.
1: <laughs> okay. Amber, what do you got for us? So my final choice, I did not go for a film. I went for a game. I went through, I wanted to end on a light note. Uh well, that sounds silly when I say what the game is but I want to talk about Silent Hill 3 which Silent Hill is my I, I always say my favorite game series but I actually only like four of the games and I think the rest of them are garbage so you know there you go do with that what you will but Silent Hill 3 is such a good game because I feel like at the time it came out again it's a 2000s thing it was we were very much in that media landscape where every game protagonist was like a a military white male or like i don't know you love resi don't get me wrong love resi but you know you big your chris redfields or your leon kennedy's and heather was a heather mason who is the protagonist of silent hill 3 is a little 16 year old wiry little brat girl um and she's fantastic so basically she's uh, have either of you played silent hill like one Okay, well I won't. I, it's also pointless for me to get into it because it makes no fucking sense. Heather is I'm a, familiar
0: like, with Silent Hill Two. I haven't played it myself. Silent but Hill
1: Two is not related, unfortunately. I wish I could say it was. But okay, one, one, and three are related. Then two is a separate thing. But two is the okay. Best. Um, but anyway, basically, Heather Mason is being hounded by the Order, who were the cult, who are from Silent Hill and she goes obviously goes through the 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 realm of silent hill monsters pyramid heads not there because he's not meant to be but all kinds of weird like fucked up fleshy creatures um but it's got this really pro choice narrative running through it because basically the cult want to birth god out of heather and they want to use heather as like a vessel to to birth god and heather is like Mm-mm, not having that so it eventually becomes a very thinly veiled metaphor for abortion rights, which, you know, fantastic news, love that. Um, and Heather is a really spunky, funny, bratty little character who grows so much over the course of this game and ends up, you know, taking this order down. Um, and, the, you know, in the game, she actually kills God, which I can't think of anything that's more good for her than <laughs> killing God, to be honest um and it's really fun it's it's one of those games where as horrible and as dark and and brutal as Silent Hill can be I left it feeling like good for Heather like I'm glad like she she did her thing she vomited up God um which sounds strange out of context but that does happen and yeah I, I highly recommend if you can get hold of a PS2 and the game to play it um and it's not and anyway, connected to the films, so don't bother with those.
2: Mm. I was going to say, my only real knowledge of Silent Hill is kind of the films, I think. I've, I've, I'm more of a Resident Evil person, and to be honest, I've only really got into, like, actually gaming, she says in quote marks, Um <laughs> I've only actually really got into fully playing and completing games in probably the last two or three years and I've gone straight for all the
1: Resident Evil so I finished Biohazard two weeks ago obsessed Yeah. yeah so good um but yeah Silent Hill 3 is it's a really great little piece of good for her media um and it doesn't it also had, like I said, that great pro-abortion or pro-choice, not pro pro-choice being um, <laughs> running through it, which is kind of impressive in any place, but in two, a, a game from Japan in the 2000s, like, great, love it.
0: Yeah, it sounds yeah. great. It does sound great. Most video games are too hard for me. I'm I'm trash mm. at them. Watch I can... it on
1: YouTube. Watch someone play it. That's well, what that's yeah. the thing.
0: Yeah, I love to watch other people play them and get the stories, which is how I absorbed Silent Hill Two. I never played it, but I watched someone play it. So this story sounds awesome.
1: It's fun. You should watch it. It, it makes a good movie. Like watching it, just someone play. As long as you don't know someone talking over it. Who's like, oh my god, what is that? Like, <laughs> <just> Commentary free. <laughs> yes okay
0: yeah that sounds great yeah well Liz do you want to do you want to cap us off here with your your final rec
2: yes this is the one that I can already see from Ariel's face she's excited to talk about Uh, we might end up fighting here Amber you've got you've got to be the mediator between the two of us um (laughs) my my final pick is what i would consider to be the best british horror film of all time ever i will fucking die on this hill uh it's the descent and my good for her is about sarah the lead character um because it all centers on like a group of friends who are little adventurers they like to do white water rafting and cave diving and all sorts of fun things that I would never ever participate in personally um but basically what happens is Sarah her husband and her daughter are in a terrible car accident in the opening of the film where um Sarah's husband and child are unfortunately killed that in itself is absolutely dreadful um probably the most traumatic thing anyone could ever go through. Cut to a year later, she is back with this group of friends and they have decided to go cave diving. Um, yeah, they, they they go cave diving and I would say for a good 40 minutes of the film, that is, that's all the horror there is. The claustrophobic little tunnels, the horrible, you know, being soaking wet, freezing cold, getting stuck in between rocks and in the darkness and stuff and then there's a, a big twist for anyone who hasn't watched it and they are not allow, alone down there and things get violent and it is great um but I think Ariel's probably wants to fight me on this one a little bit because she also thinks that one of the other characters is a is and a No, good for Leah, her I want to fight you. I want to fight
1: <laughs> you i (laughs) okay so i i the descent is i I would say one of if not the best british horror film um neil marshall who came out of you know after dog soldiers bringing us this film with all women not Mm -hmm. not tank top stereotypes (laughs) like nuanced complicated women and that's what i love about this film so i um so I don't I sound like name-dropping. Oh, I met Neil Marshall. I met Neil Marshall. <laughs> but I was very privileged to meet Neil Marshall uh late last year. And I told him I had a piece in mind that I wanted to write, which was a defense piece of Juno, um, who is the secondary antagonist after the things that are lurking beneath. Um, because we find out that um Juno was not the best friend to Sarah and there were infidelity involved. Um And I wanted to come out and defend, Juno because not because I want to defend what she did, but because I don't think she deserved what happened to her. And while I recognize that, I also recognize that is the beauty of the dissent because it doesn't put these women on this like moral high ground, if that makes sense. Like it Mm -hmm. would have been so easy for Sarah to be like, I forgive you, like, let's get out of here together. But she doesn't. And that's what I love about the descent is because, you know, just because women exist doesn't mean they have to be like morally pure beings. This is a really complicated film where relationships are fraught and tense and the women have a history and a past and that comes forward. Um, And that's why I love it. But I don't think Judo deserves what happened to her. She did a terrible, awful thing. And I really think, you know, she deserves a punch in the fucking face for sure. But I also don't think that Christian deserved what happened to him in midsummer. So maybe I'm not the I'm not the best person to gauge it off.
2: No, I, I do get it. And sorry, I, th- I think I thought that it was Ariel that wanted to do the defense speech. No, you though. So sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ariel. I've just come for you there. Just really trying to fight you for nothing. No worries. That's OK. I am so, I'm so I have sorry. that effect on I, people. <laughs> um, But no, I, I don't. There's a part of me that completely agrees with you that she doesn't deserve it. But then it's it's not even so much just the cheating for me, which obviously sort of revealed, sorry, spoiler. The film's been out what <laughs> like two decades. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Sorry. And if you haven't seen it, you're just you're missing out on life. Um, but yeah, I it's not even just that, it's it's the fact that you know i know it's an accident when she she kills beth mhm but it's the fact that she leaves her
1: yeah just walks off it's the
2: fact and she just leaves her there to die alone in this cave where like she's just seen like her other friend be ripped apart mm-hmm. and she just leaves her there um and then she lies about it she, like, She's like she says says a bit you, you <laughs> She's like, you you saw what happened to Beth, and she's like, she's dead. And she's like, you saw her die, right? And she's like, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But she didn't, Mm -hmm. because Sarah finds her, and she has to kill her. And I just think, I don't think that she deserved to be, I don't think she deserved what happened to her. But I also just, in that moment, I cannot hold it against Sarah for doing it
1: because be I think thing, to be honest.
2: I would too because <laughs> I am a petty bitch I would be tempted to you know throw someone to throw someone to the creatures if they <laughs> if they slept with my boyfriend anyway let
1: alone everything else that I've just been through so I think the descent is also really interesting as well because there are two endings there's the American ending and the British ending and in the American ending Sarah ends up leaving the cave and presumably you know going on to live her life um there is a sequel which is dog shit so i do highly advise anyone avoiding that if you watch the british version the in my uh, humble opinion the actual correct version is the ending is we we, sarah leaves the cave but it turns out sarah's just hallucinating the whole thing and she's still in the cave Mm -hmm. at the end and that is so much more terrifying to me. Um, mm. and that it's interesting because it kind of changes from a good for her to a, oh shit, maybe not so good for her, depending on what ending you watch. Um, so I always think it's interesting that the American audiences were denied this true, the true horror of what happens in the descent. Um, but yeah, no, wonderful film, absolutely fabulous. I think it's also really cool just going back to what you said about
2: it being like a cast of all women um I actually read years ago I think when I wrote about it for Ghouls that Neil Marshall never really wanted to be like a horror director like he did Dog Soldiers um and then was sort of given he was asked to do this film um and originally it was another like I think it was an all-male or it was a a mixed cast. Um, And Neil Marshall apparently actually said, I will only do this film if it's an all-female cast.
1: And I think that's really
2: interesting. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I think, I mean, I, I showed my partner The Descent for the first time, I think the week before last. He'd never seen it, never heard of it, had absolutely no idea what it was about going in. And you know the first sort of half an hour when it's just them in the cabin like chatting and drinking and laughing and he was a bit like is it this is a bit weird is this actually horror like is anything gonna happen mm. you know typical impatient male um, <laughs> but I I was just kind of like look this is important you got mm. a, you've got to you've got to get to know these characters and fall in love with them mm-hmm. because when it all starts to go wrong it will hit you that much harder. Mm -hmm. And I have watched that film probably over a hundred times since it came out, and it still makes my eyes water Mm -hmm. when certain characters go. It's Mm
1: -hmm. devastating. And, like I said, the the true ending is really devastating as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, wonderful film. I think um, I think as well it contrasts really nicely with dog soldiers because dog soldiers is you know my cast of i think there's one woman in the cast but it's Mm -hmm. it's very like hyper masculine it's aggressive it's guns and soldiers and werewolves and it's great and then the descent is much more slow and methodical and like you said as we build these characters we grow to love them um and they're really really detailed and complex women um and then what happens to them is terrifying and i will never ever go underground in my life Mm, absolutely not Mm -mm. absolutely not
0: (laughs) as the resident american who was subjected to the american ending and before i even knew that there was a different ending i still loved this movie i saw it in the theaters on a date when I was in college and um, it's really funny. Like the, the guy I was seen at the time, he's so sweet. Um, we were both terrified and he was just like, not shy about being scared. He was like, this movie terrified. I was like, yeah, it's great. Right. Um, and the, the ending of the film um, I remember, you know, she gets out, but like she sees Juno or does she see a creature?
1: it's, in the ju- it's America- like dead Juno it's like the ghost of Juno yeah yeah
0: and it ends with her screaming and you know I the original ending is the correct ending that's how it's meant to end but I also think like the the weird like softened American ending which why did we get that why did they think Americans need that I don't
1: know but it okay tested badly yeah that's like not- <laughs> they didn't show it to me they didn't well, ask this me. Is what I spoke about this <laughs> the other day with someone. I was like, they were like, "Oh, Americans can't handle," and I was like, "Actually, they can." Like, every American I've ever spoken to is like, "I don't want that happy ending. Like, give me the horror." Yeah. So I'm. I sorry still that you think they have to go through that. Well, yeah,
0: there must. Whoever's, h- how do I sign up for test screenings? That's what I want to know. But, <laughs> um, so the ending that we get in the like American version, I still think that's terrifying because it's like, yes, she escapes, but now she has. None of her friends, she doesn't Mm -hmm. have her family, and she has to carry this, you know, ghost behind her Mm -hmm. for the rest of her life. And it ends with her screaming. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I think that ending has its merits, but Mm -hmm. knowing that it's not meant to end that way and that it was done as like a softened version, I think hurts it a little bit. But, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, both endings are great, the whole movie is great, and it stays terrifying. Yeah, I love it. Mm
2: So good. Do we want to broach the subject of Miss of Midsummer? I think we need to. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think, think we need to.
0: <laughs> yeah, because normally Midsummer is at the top of all the good for her lists, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I love Midsummer. I love Ari Aster. Like, I want him mm-hmm. to rip my heart out and show it to me every day, please. Um, but. Amber you somewhat controversially said a few minutes ago that you don't think Christian deserves what happens to him so do you No, want to I don't go into that? I
1: don't um so I, I I am actually brainstorming this kind of like this periodical piece that I want to do on my blog which is in defense of and then I just like defend a, a hated horror character and I was gonna start with Christian because Christian is a, a shitty shitty little man and a shitty little boyfriend mm-hmm. but he doesn't deserve to be burned alive. He is raped. Um, he's drugged and raped mm-hmm. by the Horga. Um, he, he does, obviously, it goes back to that nuance of sexual assault that we see. Yes, he expresses attraction to Maya beforehand, but he's drugged um, and then physically pushed. So mm-hmm. I do feel bad for him in that aspect. I also feel like Christian does the best that he can with the appalling situation that we get with Danny at the beginning losing her entire family. Um, I feel like if Christian was really a dick, he would have dumped her. Um, But I love the film because it does show this difficulty of relationships where Christian doesn't love Danny, and that's fair enough. You know, people fall out of love, and also people sometimes really should break up much longer than they, you know, stay together. But I think he does the best he can. Yes, he's emotionally unattentive, and yes, he forgets her birthday, And I think a lot of people see Pella and he's like, Does he feel like home to you? Pella is a (laughs) cult member. Okay. I feel like a lot of people forget this. He is emotionally manipulative. The whole girl, like, they literally want Danny to breed. They want her her blood, basically. You know, it's it makes me sad when people watch Midsummer and are like, Yes, oh my god, go boss, go Danny, because she is. Mm drugged beyond recognition if you actually read the screenplay like ariasta's like the final line is like she is she is it is madness and horrible and beautiful or something it never it never says like wow what a happy and great (laughs) ending for danny Mm -hmm. um and i feel like a lot of people don't go into the film with the nuance that it deserves yes on one hand it is lovely that danny has found this home Of people who understand her and yes the screaming scene is like the pinnacle of of female um unity but they're a cult like Mm -hmm. she's still she's she's killed she's been like seen all her friends die she's seen her family die she's exhausted she's drugged it's one of those things where i'm like the next day danny wakes up and then what happens is it really good for her um so that's my controversial take on midsummer and also it's one of my favorite films I ever made I love it it like rewired my brain I'm pretty sure um so yeah good fun
2: I mean I, I, I completely agree I completely yeah. agree with everything that you've just said um I think I definitely am one of those kind of people who on the surface level of it I, I do do a little cheer at the end when she picks him you know and she because she <laughs> I mean, because that it's... is fun because it's because it's amusing, because it's kind of like I mean I you know, I would hope I hopefully you'll hear it, but me and Zoe talked about the loved ones last week, um, and how Lola Stone, the, the, the girl in that, the killer in that, she's she's not right in anything that she does. She's one hundred percent wrong. She's been given absolutely no reason whatsoever to hurt this poor innocent boy, and yet you still kind of root for her because she's funny and she's she's a, you know she's weird and she's entertaining and you still kind of think like oh like good for her like <laughs> just it, it's but you know realistically it's not good for her she's a terrible person mm-hmm. and the person that she's hurting doesn't deserve it same with mm-hmm. Christian I, I 100% agree I think the rape is massively overlooked yes and that people are just like she saw him cheating on her so of course she's going to kill him and it's like no no he was drugged and raped and mm-hmm. if it was her in that situation everyone would be mortified that we're having to watch her be drugged and raped in like in the way that we are
1: mm-hmm. my
2: only issue really with christian is at the very beginning with the way that he speaks to her about the trip the way he mm-hmm. sort of gaslights her into like making her feel like um I can't even remember exactly what the argument's about but I just remember sitting in the cinema and watching it and the way he, he sort of she confronts him about doing something wrong and within seconds she's apologizing yes, because yes, he's, he's, yeah mm-hmm. because he's he's turned it around to make yeah. her feel mm-hmm. like she like how you know how could you call me out for doing this thing that I've I've mm-hmm. done wrong like how dare you and I mm-hmm. just remember sitting there and thinking as you guys have probably experienced I've had this conversation yes. I've had this argument mm-hmm. with boyfriends with with previous partners I have been this in this situation where you find yourself apologizing mm-hmm. and then 10 minutes later you're thinking hold on a second I I had the issue yeah I went into this conversation <laughs> pissed off how have mm-hmm. I come out of it apologising? Mm-hmm, and, and that's that's my only main issue with, with Christian, really. Like, he's a dick, he's a shit boyfriend. But ultimately, imagine, you know, we're all in relationships now. Imagine you're at a point where you want to break up with your partner and then you're already thinking about doing it, you're talking to your friends about doing it, you're unhappy, you know it's going to be tough. And then you wake up tomorrow and you find out their entire family has been killed and they've got no one else left but you. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah i he mean was, I think he was doomed exactly was doomed. The, and i think a lot of people that's why i love midsummer because the relationship is one of the most realistic relationship and i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people paint danny and danny's side of the relationship as like pitch perfect but he you know it's kind of implied she even says it she's like i rely on him too much she puts too much on him um and like you said how how would how could Christian turn around after that and be and, and be honest with her? He couldn't. He's mm-hmm. just as, you know, trapped in this relationship as she is. Um, and, yeah, I say all this, I wouldn't change a damn thing about the film. I mm-hmm. Her picking him is, like, I remember we, we watched that in the cinema and I was, like, almost physically, like, sick with, like, sadness and mm-hmm. happiness at the same time. Because mm-hmm. I was like... This is so important and so wrong and so beautiful, and it's just, oh, I want to rewatch that tonight now.
2: <laughs>
1: it is. It's a perfect film. It really is.
0: Perfect. And the the relationship is so honest. Like the the lines they use are exact lines that previous partners and I have said to each other when we're bullshitting ourselves and our and each other. Um, I mean, Christian's worst um, like quality is that he's a coward Mm. and you know that's not you could be much worse things than that and christian is a coward he he hides and tries he doesn't take a lot of action for himself he waits for things to happen so he can react to them he tries to piggyback on this thesis topic and, like, he he won't break up with Danny even though he knows he needs to. And now he's trapped because of this horrible thing that happened. So, like, is he the worst person to ever live? No, not at all. It, you know, Danny's not perfect. He's not perfect. Yeah, I think he's a coward. Um, I really appreciate that we are acknowledging that he was drugged and raped because I don't hear people talk about that very frequently. And I I think that's something that is possibly true for like heterosexual men Uh, you know we need to acknowledge that they men can be raped by women and like Mm -hmm. that's what happened to christian and and i think that's part of the nuance of the film and and what makes the film so complicated and danny jumps from one super codependent unhealthy place to another by killing her boyfriend instead of dumping him which she Mm -hmm. should have done and then joining a cult like danny never has to really deal with anything because she just moves from one unhealthy space to the other and yes it's a perfect movie and i will watch it
1: forever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's a great movie about how cults you know want to position themselves as family and you know this mm-hmm. unity and and to the person in the cult they most likely are that's why i like is it again it's that nuance that i i feel like you can't you can't go into midsummer one way or another. you know Hager is bad and Chris or christian is bad because mm-hmm. there's all kinds of ways to view it um and i just want to watch like the two hours director cut like forever mm. because <laughs> i love i love ariesta i want to climb into his brain yes
2: oh me too i just want to live there
1: it's, it's probably hell
0: yeah i imagine like a carousel <laughs> on fire and like a teddy bear that came to life that has teeth and, and like he claps, screaming mm-hmm. right like just horrible <laughs> clanging chaos all the time so that sounds great
2: but in the middle of a really sunny field full yes. of flowers of and- course
1: flower crown and you know what an iconic I feel like if if there's one image you know you get these iconic horror images you know like Carrie in the dress or Leatherface or Michael Myers mm-hmm. Danny in that flower dress yeah is probably mm-hmm. from the last like 10 years probably the image that's gonna mm-hmm. carry forward into the next decades and I just I can't wait for Bo is Afraid I don't care yes. if it's not horror I just want it whatever it, it is. will be
0: yeah, it has to strange. be right. I mean, like, even if it's not, it is because it's, it's gonna be Ari hard. Aster, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, because he he said that Midsummer wasn't horror. He said right. that that he didn't intend that to be horror. He just sort of said, "Oh, you know, it's just a film exploring breakups. Like, it's just based on a breakup that I had." And it's like, yeah, but dude, this isn't a fucking rom-com, like, <laughs> yeah it makes me want to (laughs) check on
0: him like are you you okay (laughs) god bless yeah
2: yeah I mean I think we could all it's been in the chat a million times but we could all talk forever about where the fuck does something strange about the Johnsons came from oh my god I wasn't ready when
0: I watched that I was just like oh Ari already your movie I haven't seen let me pop this on and then I was like clinging to my couch with terror i
2: i don't i don't think that i've ever watched anything that has uh, has disturbed me quite as much and it's i up there yeah i cannot get it out of my head i think about it so often
1: mm-hmm. he's it so, just pops so into my good. head to be like
2: yeah. ha, don't forget about
1: me don't yeah. forget about the most traumatic half an hour of your life he's so good at getting under your skin, like yeah. there there are parts like you said. Like I will sometimes just be sat at home, and then I'll start thinking about something from midsummer, and I'll start like sweating, and I'm like, that's horrible. I don't <laughs> want that in my hair. I can't remember when we we came out of the cinema. My boyfriend and me watched it, and we both just sat in silence in the car on the way home. I had nightmares all night. Like I was up. Like every time I closed my eyes, I saw the people on the top of the cliff. I saw christian yeah. burning i saw reuben's face as and then i saw like charlie's head from hereditary and then i saw the johnsons and it was just like hell mm-hmm.
2: yeah i i slept with the light on for about two weeks after i went to see hereditary at the cinema i just kept seeing that naked man in the corner of my room <gasps>
1: yep i Honestly, um, i just
2: nothing has scared me that much
1: no for me it was the 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 um the grandma When Tony Collette goes into the room, turns the light off. Oh, yes. And she's just there. Oh, literally, I've got chills. I've literally got chills. Oh,
0: my God. That that movie's the scariest movie I've watched in my adult life. Like, that scared me more than anything. It's terrifying. Cinematically. Yeah. When we saw it at the theater, we... It was like nighttime. We got out. We went to the bar to get some food afterwards. I had to go to the bathroom, but I was too scared. So no. I was like, I'll just wait till we get home. And then on the way home, we got stuck in a flood for like two hours. <gasps> no. And I had to pee no. so bad, but I was too scared to go to the bathroom at the oh, bar shame. because of hereditary. Um, <gasps> Bless you. Yeah. So that's, that's me. And, and I love Ari Aster, <laughs> man. If you can get under my skin like that. Yes, mm-hmm. please. Mm -hmm, yeah sure
2: it's funny isn't it how we all sit here like oh it was horrible it was traumatic it gives me (laughs) nightmares it it makes me sweat and we're like right where's the next one give me more please
1: Please. I know I feel like as horror fans it's so to get a reaction out of you for for me personally if something gets a reaction out of me because I'm so desensitized now I'm just Mm -hmm. watching something I'm like Oh, wow. This is great. Someone's dead. But if you can make <laughs> me feel scared, you're a, yeah. you're a like, genius in my eyes. Him and Robert Eggers, too, I would say, you know, they're they're the two for two for me right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, for sure. Oh, man. We could go on a whole <laughs> side tangent about the witch. I feel um, that I feel <laughs> like the witch is a, a good for her that everyone knows is a good for her. And like, we're yes, happy with that. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, we can I, all I just. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, are there any movies that we've thought of that we haven't mentioned, or any other like counter examples that we want to give, or like anything I promised we would talk about that we didn't because I forgot?
1: Um, just a tiny little thing. I think there was. Yeah. There's something to be said. A good little subgenre is uh, good for him. Um, yes which I, I feel like it is hard to say because most horror films end up with like a male hero coming out of it but more specifically I think like something like Get Out which mm-hmm. takes the male character but he's not just a male he's he's very explicitly a black male in a mm-hmm. white family and you know have the whole racial dynamic with that him getting his not revenge on the family but you know escaping the family, mm-hmm. um that's probably like one of the films i class as a, a good for him horror um and again a fabulous one at that yes
0: that's a perfect movie agreed i'm trying to think trying of to other think of
2: more. Yeah. yeah where <laughs> i need like... a separate episode. <laughs>
0: Where I actually want the dude to escape and survive and make it and I cheer when he does. I'm like, hmm, Mm -hmm. where are those examples? I'll probably say it's it's hard because like
1: obviously there are like lots of male film protagonists that you root for, but I I feel Mm -hmm. like the racial element of get out makes it Mm -hmm. stand aside. Um and there's not, you know, there's not many films that have been brave enough to do that since Mm -hmm. get out. Um not that I can think of off the top of my head anyway. Or some films that have Mm -hmm. tried and not
0: quite nailed it. Like, the thing that about Get Out that's so perfect is that, yes, it's excellent social commentary, but it's also a terrifying, awesomely made, scary movie. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I feel like some people who have tried to follow that format nail the social commentary, but don't necessarily make the scariest of movies. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Jordan Peele, obviously, let's put him up there on
1: our pedestal with... um, Ari Aster and Robert Eggers. Oh, for sure. Three yeah. three. Well, some people say that um Us is a good for her movie. I don't see that. Um so yeah, I don't know. I don't think yeah. Us is necessarily a good for her movie. But I do see it sometimes lumped in with that kind of witch midsummer but I would say it's Witch Midsummer and Get Out, not Witch Midsummer Us, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that actually. I don't,
0: I mean, I like us. I think it's great, but I wouldn't put it under good for anybody. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Well, we've been talking for nearly two hours, so we can wrap it up (laughs) and leave it at that. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been super, super fun. Before we wrap up, Liz, what are you working on? Where can people find you? What do you want to plug?
2: Um, so you can find me on twitter at home with hara i link pretty much everything from there so if you follow me there you'll see everything um obviously i am back sort of Full-time trying to write for goals as much as possible. I've recently submitted my anti-Valentine's list for 2023. I did one for 2022. um, So this year I've done a bit of a revised one. Tried to get a few more picks in there that people might not necessarily have heard of. um, And some that we've discussed today. So yeah, check that out. I think that'll probably be out, I would have thought, this week sometime. But yeah, that's all from me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And Amber, what about you?
1: Um, you can follow me on everything. I think everything is the same. At Hornblood Fire, um, which is also the name of my podcast, which you can listen to. Um, I write the news for Fangoria. I um write reviews for ghouls obviously of course um I recently started writing for arrow so by the time this episode goes out I should have another piece up on arrow on a secret secret topic um some reviews here and there for grimoire of horror um yeah that's about it really I think you have your hands
0: in everything every corner of the horror world I'm so burnt (laughs) (laughs) okay well balance balance (laughs) is good Um, and you can find me on all the socials at Ari underscore Hellraiser, um, I'm really excited for a lot of what Ghouls has coming up this year, and I'm going to be doing a lot of the member-only content. So speaking of that, if you would like to sign up for membership and become a Ghouls member, it's just £4.99 a month. You can check our show notes or head to ghoulsmagazine.com for exclusive podcast episodes and articles and interviews and all the good stuff. And if you like what you heard today, please give us a like, subscribe, and rate us on whatever platform you are listening to. And you can find Ghouls Magazine on all the social media channels at either Ghouls Mag or Ghouls Magazine. I've been your host, Ariel, and remember to please keep it ghoulish.